Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open 24-7, serving hot, fresh food. Ramon, I would say happy Friday, but I know, before we started recording here, that we're in pretty lousy shape today, mutually, huh? We are, man. I got a little bit of a stomach (laughs) bug going on. The Pepto-Bismol tablets kicked in on me just now. I got a ginger ale. I don't think it's a virus I I ate. You've been in this situation before. I ate a yeah. late dinner last night, and then I went to bed because I was just like, all right, I got to get up in the morning. I should have stayed up and let it settle. Lo and behold, I'm sitting here with the feeling that I knew exactly what it was going to feel like last night. So You're, you're carrying Cheers. it around with you. It's a carryover from the previous <sighs> night. See, I'm just totally out of it. But you know what? That's the beauty of doing this show daily now is that people get to see the good and the bad. And here it comes. And you here know what would happen? You know what would happen if I was on a roster and the team was, was in that situation? All right, let's get you an IV, some Pepto-Bismol, and we'll see how you feel in the morning. You're playing this That's weekend, it. right? There you go. And you know what? That would exhibit some serious leadership on someone's part. And that's what we're going to talk about in this opening segment. The offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers would appear to have absolutely no one that you would say is the leader. I mean, their best players are going to be going into their second year. The offensive lineman just walked in off the street. (laughs) Uh, The wide receivers, you know how they are. Wide receivers don't lead. They can't even lead themselves. No. Who's who's going to be the leader of this offense? Somebody has to do it. Golly, man. The oldest playing veteran on the offensive side of the mind, aside from Chris Boswell, because he's offensive. Nah, special is, teams. You can't take I that know. route. <laughs> That's the you only route I got. Is Derek Watt, though. And he doesn't even play. Exactly. So when it comes down to start talking about leadership, it's not going to come down to years. It's honestly going to come down to the guys that's been told all their lives, you are a leader of of, of this team. You are the leader. They're going to follow you. And the only other person that really pops out to me, honestly, would be Mr. Trubisky because why yeah. he's the quarterback and it's expected. I would say Mason or, or friggin' uh, Dwayne Haskins, but both of them are fighting for their lives, too, as far as trying to stay relevant on this uh, roster. It really legitimately, I think, comes down to or will will be the focal point with being the offensive line. 
at least that's my hopes and dreams of it, DK, is those guys have the the biggest group, they're the largest group, and they have a, a few guys that's played a good bit in this league too, especially with some of the new free agent uh, guys that have been signed. Is It's really up to that group to say, follow us. And they're going to have to work like it. The offensive line coach is going to have to demand it from them because the offense is super, super young. Like, I don't know yeah. if it was ever this young the it's whole crazy. time I was playing. Yeah. No, it, at least you had Ben or, or Heath or somebody to or myself to push the average up a little bit. And they have none of that. We're talking about Derek Watt being the oldest guy on offense. And you barely even use him. And he's mostly a special teams guy. So who would I ask it to be? I think it'd have to be Mr. Bisky to start with, if it's, you know, if his job to lose or the entire unit of the offensive line, it has to be those guys, man. Mason Cole being a new young guy that's been uh, signed on this team too. And Tukes is a guy who's a second contract guy. I was having a conversation with him yesterday. Uh, He may be in the process of he's house hunting a little bit in Pittsburgh. And I was just, I told him, I said, look, you got to make sure you get a big enough backyard. So when you start hosting the guys over, there's enough room. <laughs> like, you think that's Chooks, a part you think of Chooks, it. You think Chooks would be the hosting guy? I don't. I have never seen that from him. He would because all you all he's got to do is open up his doors, you know. And he's not a big talker uh, for the most part. And he can pack his house in Pittsburgh right now. That's for sure. Yeah, you dog there all right. He can. Okay, but right. but really, I'm looking at Mason Cole, James Daniel, and Chooks of being the guys that really kind of lead this group. To, I'll to tell say, you what, Moan. I'll tell you, know, you what, James Daniels uh, spoke with us last week. My goodness, did this like individual him. make an impression. Mm-hmm. Um, he reminded me of, and then you'll appreciate this comparison, of a, of a young Kelvin Beecham whenever he showed mm. up uh, in Pittsburgh. And, and Beach, yeah. for anybody who doesn't know, is a, is a minister. And yeah. Beach, Beach could let it fly when he, he, could. When he needed to. Okay. Like he yes. he wasn't supersede the guys who were on the offensive line with the, the respect that they earned and whatever Marquise Pounce he was obviously the leader of the group and everything but Beach could let it fly and yeah he I just could. I, I wonder if this couldn't be that that type of situation and and you know what I think it uh, vocally have to come through him and, and and potentially Mason Cole too depending on what they're characteristics are or of how you know what type of people they are to do that type of stuff but it's got to be that group I, I love to say Deontay but he's still super young to where he's honestly fighting for a contract trying to figure him, himself out too um I'm, I'm going Mitch sadly to say because I know some people don't be. like that yeah. Mitch no, and offensive line yeah I mean realistically well, isn't it the case that whoever your quarterback is kind of has to be your leader? I mean, it's just, you know, they're calling out the signals. They're the ones that are saying the last thing yeah. when you break the huddle. It, and they are. And I think he understands it, too. And also the fact that he's been in a couple of the spots before he's gone to Pittsburgh. So he's seen how different locker rooms work. And I say in, in uh, Chicago, he probably was a part of, a, I don't want to call them toxic, but it was probably a little bit of un- instability. You know, especially with decisions to play him and not play him and, you know, just watching them perform a little bit was is, was one of the things he experienced in Chicago. And then to go to Buffalo, 
and be there for one year, but watch how it was ran smoothly with an offensive coordinator and Brian Dable who go gets a head coaching job and being under him and how, you know, he worked with the uh, head coach there and watching um, uh, uh, the, the quarterback, Josh Allen, develop a little bit. So he has more understanding of what this league demands of you. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like he's going into a locker room where it was announced nationally that he got signed to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's got to bring all of that experience with him because he know more than those other guys in that locker room, man. And it's got to start with the quarterback as cliche as it is. Why not be one of those three guys, maybe four guys, if they draft another person? (laughs) Got to continually (laughs) throw that out. And then again, when it comes to leadership, I'm always reminded of a quote I asked many years ago. This was uh, after a, a Pirates game in Cincinnati. And I asked Lloyd McClendon, basically, where is your leadership going to come from in that clubhouse, motioning my head in that direction? And he said, you're looking at it. Oh. Said, okay. Okay. Oh. Well, there is that, too. The coordinator is the leader of the offense. The head and, coach and- is the leader of the whole thing. Exactly. But you don't want it necessarily everything to come from them. You want it to be enforced by the coordinators or the head coach. But no. When we come back, when, if ever, are the Steelers going to secure this other safety of theirs? Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. The Steelers continue to either search for safeties or not, meaning someone (laughs) to play with Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Terrell Edmonds last night on Twitter, and yes, we have reached the point where we study our news this way, changed his bio uh, to just say God's child. He eliminated all references to the Pittsburgh Steelers, changed his avatar so that he's not shown in a Steelers uniform. He retweeted Paris Ford, the Pitt player, former Pitt player, uh, a Paris Ford tweet in which uh, Paris Ford says, I'm going to make him regret switching on me. Um, that's not a player who's coming back, is it, Moan? Uh, all that's happened is Pittsburgh's probably told him, man, hey, look, go find you the best deal because we'll be waiting right here for what we've offered you right now. That's the business. Go find something. I'm sure it's probably ticked them off a little bit. Um, got him to the point was like, I gave you guys my all, and that's true. I've even felt like that in my negotiation, like, dang, I can't get an extra million or two. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. that's part of it. But safeties are it's hard to to really kind of justify having more than one or two whenever most of the times they'll pull the safety off the field and put a Mike uh, Hilton type out there. <laughs> you know, put a Cam Sutton type out there because the league has gotten so much better as far as passing the ball down the field that you kind of have yourself in a position like, well, I need probably more corners than I need a safety. And unless you're a very dynamic guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, man, that mark is very, very low for you. Heck, we just saw Lyndon Collins get cut after signing a monster deal with the uh, with the Washington Commanders. So what are you going to do? I, I almost feel like with the emergence of this passing game, to have a guy that's a safety only and not being able to play in the box or not being able to cover great, is a huge detriment to that position. We're seeing right now linebackers being able to play basically an in-the-box safety position. Like, think about the guys that you will have. One of the reasons I think they went after Devin Bush is why. Uh, his 4-4 time, 
able to cover in space when given the ability and he's healthy and he's side to side. That's what yeah. safety's worth for the most part. And I, you know, respectfully say that, but excuse me, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, I'll get a linebacker that can do your job as effectively, or I'll get another cornerback that's very cheap, that's willing to play in that position and do some of the dirty work that you were asked. My goodness. I the the idea that that they would have told Edmonds that here's the contract, we're laying it out there, go ahead and top it. Yeah. Um that is a stark sign that the market never formed for him and that the Steelers are aware of that. Mm-hmm. It also tells me though, because you know, for all the fantasizing that's happening here right now about Tyran Matthew and everything else yeah. here, that I don't know that the Steelers are prioritizing the other safety that much in general. No, no doubt about it, man. I it, I think it's good for the team to keep Minka. I think Minka's pretty oh, damn yeah. good too. Yeah, you yeah. know what no I'm saying. Question. But um, like you said, Tyron Matthew, he's not signed right now at the safety position. I, I think that adds a whole lot, and he's a really good player, unless he's just waiting to choose, you know, the right destination for him after everything settles um, with, with free agency and, and the draft and whatnot. But that's that's a harsh reality, man, of, of playing that position. You better be very doggone flexible when it comes down to playing safety. Like, if you're not big enough – or if you're not physical enough to play linebacker, if you're going to be a safety, you better make sure your cover skills are A1 because there is no substitute for being able to cover in a passing league now. And not only just the uh, in the NFL, but we're speaking of college. We're speaking of high school type guys that, look, you better be able to cover and not get DPIs. No question about that. And, you know, I can't help. Don't laugh this off. And you'd be okay. the last one actually to, to to do this just based on when somebody was drafted, of course. But Trey Norwood impressed the Steelers more than I think a lot of people realize. Now, he's a mm-hmm. seventh-round pick from last year, but he got onto the field, and he made his presence felt out there. Yeah. He's 22 years old. Yeah. And if they like him – as much as I think that they do, and he did have an interception and four pass defense uh, as well, uh, in addition to being a, a reliable contributor and yeah. primarily on special teams and everything else here, maybe the Steelers are just saying to themselves, listen, we're only going to commit X number of dollars to yep. this position. If we don't get what it is that we want, we'll just – Go with this kid and go with what we like and, and make sure that he can support Minka and what Minka does and then give Minka all the money. You know, the other part of it, too, is hmm. he played at Oklahoma and the Big 12 is a known passing league. So passing. He's, had to, yep. he's had to cover a whole lot in his uh, short career. Bombs. Yep. Yeah. And what do you want mostly out of that guy back there? <laughs> Take him <laughs> sure. off. Make sure you can be Ken Griffey Jr. and play some center field. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, it's, I just I think this is going to be a really interesting thing to watch. Mm-hmm. It looks like a hole to almost everyone else, and maybe it doesn't over on South Water Street. When yep. we come back, another fun episode of Hey Little Foster. <laughs> Back to the 
Moan Foster Show. It's time for what used to be known as the Hey Moan segment. But as of Moan coming clean <laughs> on all of his various nicknames that he had over the course of his life, and one of those being the Little Foster, Jim, Little Foster. because there was a big Foster, it turns out, <laughs> in the family. This is now the Hey Little Foster segment. And it comes from Carla, who says, disappointingly, Hey Moan! <laughs> Coach T always says, a new season, new team, and a new journey when anyone asks him to compare anything from years past. So, how much really changes on a team from year to year other than the names? So much. Uh, and that, that is a great question, by the way, too, because mm-hmm. people say it all the time, but nobody really answers what that means. You just kind of understand, well, this is exactly what it is. You know, and for the most part, the turnover isn't just crazy for the. You know, for the, for the majority of my time, the offensive line room pretty much stayed the same. But when you think of, when you think about, you know, what 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 differs is guys get a little bit older. You know, you go into one year, guy leave out of the season completely healthy. But father time captures all right. And a guy might train a little bit different and tweak an injury or tweak a, 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 a ligament here during this workout. So he starts the season off injured. You know, some guys might end up uh, coming back from ACL injuries you know, for the next season that was a stud on your team the year before. You might have a quarterback that's ending uh, the season on a great, I'm talking about a great season, walks into the next year, guess what, has an elbow problem. That's why every year is different from year to year. It's not necessarily the team or even the people because you're going to ask the same things from each player or each person playing those positions. It's, it might be a different coach. The philosophy of the team might change a little bit as far as what we're going to do offensively or defensively. There might be a different uh, coordinator. There's different position coaches. There's different differences in the way guys perform. So to say one year is the same as the next year is totally different. Even if you're only changing 10 players on your roster, mm. it's just the demand is different. I knew going into year 10 of my career, I was a little bit different than year nine. Like and I knew and and year eleven was totally different from year nine or ten because it went for me and I'll tell anybody me recovering um from uh, on a Thursday till it was Friday and then it was Saturday I was like okay it's game time then in my last year towards the end I was like man Sunday morning now I finally feel ready hmm. you know so the the output on certain guys and how the season takes a toll and how the the workload of the season kind of sits on you a little bit different you can't mm-hmm. say we'll run it back think about it tampa tried to do that and they they didn't they couldn't mm-hmm. and every year is totally different because of those things Boy, and Tampa's i think it's a perfect example too you it just, is there was no carryover none and no. honestly truth be told think about kansas city no they were in good. place for the most part and even recently with the trading of Tyreek Hill, that team's not the same. No, no. And this is this is where I I think I think w- w- when Carla uses the word journey, yeah, in her question. Oh yeah. That is one that comes from the head coach constantly, okay? Um this is a journey. We're on a journey here. Well, I'm going to tell you the difference between you athletes and we reporter types, <laughs> we reporter types see the journey line from Tomlin as being a defense mechanism, meaning he doesn't want to answer questions about the past. He doesn't want to link things from the past to the team, whereas that's an honest sentiment from him. I believe that yeah. we see it as avoiding hard questions like 
coach, you haven't won a playoff game in a lot of years. Yeah. What's the problem here? You're not going to get an answer. He's going to give you something about this coming Sunday's opponent or last yeah. Sunday's game. And he doesn't acknowledge patterns that carry over from season to season. The thing is, I also know that that's how he deals yeah. with the players. It, it is. The only thing he'll tell you, the most consistent thing he'll tell anybody is um, physical conditioning precedes anything else, which means train your ass off. Do what you got to do. And whenever you get to Latrobe and we'll, whenever we get to the regular season, if we're well conditioned, meaning lifting weights, conditioning, strengthening your, your mind as far as what you need to do going into the season, everything else will handle itself. And that's the only thing you can really control because the, the way the schedules are set up. Some teams got games broken up one by one by one. And some teams have stretches of five just number one teams that are five freaking hot. <laughs> and there is nothing you can do about it other than, all right, let's bang them out as they come. You know, that's why when it says each journey is different, it, it really is. There's certain teams that are surprise teams. I don't think nobody expected freaking Cincinnati to do what they did. That's a part of the journey, you know, like Pittsburgh getting beat by them. Nobody expected that with a second-year quarterback who tore his ACL the year before. But the Cincinnati journey is over. That's my point. Yeah. They, they go into next season. They've already lost a couple of key guys on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have different questions that arise. Um, I, I just I just believe that with this head coach, I'm going to give you another fun example here. Uh, Devin Bush was quoted not all that long ago as saying, uh, I don't even start thinking about next week's opponent until Wednesday. Yeah. All kinds of people rain down on him. What do you mean? You know, whatever. And I'm thinking, you have no idea how this head coach controls no. that messaging. Okay. <laughs> Monday is the day you celebrate. Tuesday is the day you start getting the gears over. Yeah. You start looking back. And Wednesday is what? It's a new week. It's the new week. It's the new week. That comes from the head coach. That's not that mean the player was goofing off. No, that's absolutely normal, honestly. And that's even after a great win or a bad loss. You got those 48 hours to get it out your system. Like when you walk in those meeting rooms, just whatever you did, player of the week, yeah, 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 cool story. We're on to the next one. It's over. It's that's, over. It's over. That, that game never happened. The only way you know that that game happened is outside the Steelers locker room on the south side. They have those pictures hanging yep. that they put up every week from the previous game. That is it. That's all that matters. That's it. Yep. Otherwise, it's Jacksonville week or oh, Baltimore or week Baltimore. or whatever it is. Yep. And the series of somebody winning a Super Bowl. I mean, think about it. A team can win a Super Bowl. And what's the consistency of a team losing that opening game? You know, like mm-hmm. every journey is different. No question. Well, this journey doing the show every day, Mo, we made it through this one. You know? I like this. Absolutely. Did Pepto-Bismol kick in? It did a little bit, man, but you can you can see the difference in my face. I'm a little I, off right I now. I can, but I'm questioning it a little bit because there can be an adrenaline factor. I mean, this show is really, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're rolling. <laughs> we're rolling. Those of you who like what you're um, seeing slash hearing, yeah. feel free to leave uh, one of those positive, bubbly reviews with many stars. <laughs> we think they make they make a difference. They really do, and we appreciate everybody who's watching and listening to this. We'll be back Monday. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, have a good, safe weekend. Good, safe weekend indeed. <laughs>